action. Uh, why should you refrain from not acting? Uh, you, you have lots of uh, time on your hands or not. Or not. Uh, that, is, um, that is something that you don't control. Uh, if that is the case, why not make the best of, um, of today, next week, next month? For that, you need to have goals. Hello, this is Tom and you are listening to the Ideas Inspire Action Podcast. This is a podcast about how to make things happen and turn ideas into reality. My guest today is Rui Alpahau joining us from Lisbon, Portugal. He owns and runs a real estate investment fund and is also a professor at the Ishkde University in Lisbon. I wanted to have him on the podcast because he is one of those interesting people that I have the honor to know personally. He really takes action and accomplishes things. He used to work in banking and then 20 years ago he started his own investment fund. Rui and I met as I visited his course on corporate finance strategy as I studied for my master's thesis in 2015. He then later became my mentor for my master's thesis. Hello, Rui. Why did you decide to go into that area, into the finance area, given that uh, Portugal has been quite socialistic-led over the past decades? Well, actually, uh, we could say that it was a question of survival. Because, um, um, uh, as you know, I trained as an economist uh, originally. And um, when I left, um, uh, when I finished my undergrad degree, uh, I had become a liberal. Um, I never understood how you could study economics and become anything else. Um, then, in the, uh, uh, in the, um, I was happy with my degree, slightly unhappy with the action prospects. It's a theoretical degree, and um, uh, all the jobs you could uh, you could take, apart from teaching, which I like and still do, were a bit passive. I thought. So um, I, I tried um, a master's in business to get a bit more action uh, into my um, academic record. Um, I, I discovered that finance, uh, uh, which I studied in the master's, was rigorous as my previous training in economics and had good action prospects. So I took that over. And um, uh, if you if you live in a, in a socialist country like Portugal, where the collective um, rules, uh, it's um, and uh, if you were trained to become a liberal and uh, like finance, the, the only real way to uh, be, let's say, happy is to try to go and uh, set up your own firm. Otherwise, you'll be crushed by the collective action of uh, a number of individuals whose brightness is not always obvious. Um, uh, I did work for, for 10 years for Portuguese banks, uh, but um, the, that was very helpful, uh, helped me learn the trade. But uh, it was relatively clear to me around my mid-30s that um, uh, uh, you, you should try to do it on your own, otherwise you would be well, mostly unhappy for the rest of, the, of your career. Uh, real estate comes in in a, a relatively, um, uh, uh, let's say, um, by, uh, if you remove the parts you can't do, it's where you have uh, lower barriers to entry, basically. Uh, you can't really, it's very difficult to, to get into other uh, fields in the capital markets. Real estate uh, is a field in which barriers to entry, if you raise some capital, are not that high. Uh, so um, it's um, to to go back to the beginning. It's a bit of um, a question of let's put it this way: you know, survival. You can survive and be uh, and be happy uh, as uh, in a, a socialist country if you uh, take more risks. Uh, and um, uh, that's uh, that's basically what I thought. Uh, mostly. Uh, let's um, I'm, I'm mid 50s now so roughly 20 years ago and I, I don't think I was wrong yeah and, and and would you say it was more difficult or less difficult because of that do you feel like you're a bigger fish in a smaller pond or would you rather have been in a different environment um, where maybe more business is done in general so you can benefit from them 
That, that's a very good question. I I, I could have uh, moved to to uh, somewhere else uh, where um, uh, I could have had, let's say, action of uh, of more quality. Uh, I did um, uh, I did think of uh, enrolling in a PhD, and I, I was even accepted at City University. Uh, then I took a job in Lisbon, and uh, at the time, uh, I uh, I wanted still do I wanted to to uh, focus my life in in my in my uh, fatherland uh, uh, for various reasons, uh, mostly mostly of the family nature. And uh, when I was, let's say, uh, in my mid-20s, um, I, I didn't consider that, that much that I might end up as a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Uh, but um, yeah, that's probably something that um, I wouldn't say I have overlooked, but I have probably underweighted because um, you get the point very well. Uh, although, uh, because uh, if you try to to uh, do it on your own in Portugal, uh, if you succeed, you will be a bigger fish in a smaller pond, but you pay a price, which is you never play in the big leagues. That That's a fact. That price I did pay. Uh, it's, um, um, so it's, it's something that, uh, that um, sometimes you, you hear football players saying that they want to try a big league to see if they can do it that i didn't try so i can't say that i would um, have done better or worse um, so um, i did play in the domestic league and uh, now that will be the case uh, for the rest of my career i think yeah so so uh, it's in general maybe a bit easier to do business successfully but much more difficult to be really really successful like the big players That I would say is impossible. The, the The question is, it's a bit make it or break it. Because if you if you take the path I took in Portugal, and if you don't fail, uh, you will do relatively well. Uh, you you will never do fantastically well, but you will do relatively well. Chances of failure though are very high, because. Um, um, Uh, you you put it very well when you say that, that this is a socialist-led country for some years now. Uh, so it's it uh, because of that it is also a country of incumbents. Uh, so uh, if you if you manage to break through, you will do relatively well. Um, but um, the scale of your business will never be that high. Yes, uh, that is I, I I think you could call it a winner's curse in a small market like uh, like Portugal. Yes. Yeah. So then how would you describe the current um, economic situation of Portugal, maybe in the area of um, investment and, and entrepreneurship, um, especially in the current Corona crisis environment? Well, in Portugal, generally, there is a severe shortage of capital. Uh, and um, so it, uh, the, the investment uh, community is undermined by this. Uh, they're, they're, you, you don't uh, really find uh, what you see in um, uh, economies that are more market dominated. You don't have, um, well, uh, pension funds. What you have is, is the, the, the Republic's social security system which does not invest. So you, you don't have a very active capital market. So it's hardly the best place in Europe to fundraise. You do have, let's say, a cultural environment that is um, that incentivizes entrepreneurship and um, uh, new ideas, innovation. Uh, that, that's a fact. It does lack, uh, so, so you have, let's say, uh, support. Uh, it's, uh, but it does lack um, the, the fundraising part. So um, I would say that Portugal is a good place uh, to generate ideas, uh, but if you want to scale them, you need to move to somewhere else to to raise um, to raise capital. The the, um, the better uh, concepts that um, came from Portugal uh, have fundraised them in the states or in London, and uh, typically have um, a Lisbon office because the, they they started out here, and then uh, they have um, um, a London headquarters, um, a San Francisco office, uh, stuff like that. So it's uh, it's um, it's uh, let's say it's not a bad place to start from, but it's very difficult to grow a, a serious business here. Uh, start Starting from scratch, that is, if if your garage is uh, in Portugal, uh, it's it's okay. It's um, probably as good as any other garage. But uh, the fundraising part needs to be uh, needs to be expatriated relatively quick. Otherwise, the environment is not very good um, because you see promising concepts that uh, fail to do that. They they they're a bit stuck with the shortage of capital here. 
um, the, the the entrepreneurs that um, uh, do this step, that is, they they go and fundraise abroad, and uh, um, I think they will be happy to have started in Portugal because, as I say, intellectually, it's a good place to think of um, of businesses. You have studied here, and you know it's the the grilled fish is good, the sunshine is uh, is nice as well. Uh, that all inspires. Um, so it's uh, the, the the capital is what is missing here, and it won't be solved. Uh, uh, quickly, the coronavirus, of course, doesn't help uh, because uh, it uh, it um, uh, raises uncertainty. Whenever uncertainty increases, uh, uh, capital investment decisions become less likely. So it's um, it's um, uh, let's say a market with shortage of capital is more hurt by this uh, coronavirus situation than a market that usually allows for uh, relatively easy fundraising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remote work just comes into my mind. Um, Portugal is a, is almost always sunny as I lived there for a year. Um, and a lot of people are actually hiring um, a team that does not work at one place. Um, so I can imagine that a lot of people prefer to live in Portugal where the, the, the lifestyle is just very nice uh, rather than uh, living in, let's say, a colder country. Um, where you have six months or more uh, of cold and rainy weather. Um, in the past, that was not possible, but maybe soon, or it is already possible for companies to build a team um, everywhere in the world, and uh, but to have maybe um, their, their headquarter in Portugal. The, the, that I think will, will become increasingly um, a good option. You you have seen that in the in recent years with low value added jobs. For instance, um, uh, the growth of um, um, contact centers here in Portugal is uh, very high. Some back offices as well. For instance, Euronext has uh, moved the back office to to Porto, and um, so so that I think that Portugal does have a competitive advantage there. Uh, what might be good in this um, uh, rather nasty environment is that uh, uh, more value-added jobs can be moved to Portugal. Um, there will be uh, ample office space available, and um, uh, it uh, and the, the technological infrastructure in Portugal is, is good. So, so that is definitely a possibility, and we have been seeing that for the for the past years. But um, I, I think that with jobs that are, you know, let's say, the back office of uh, larger groups, you could have more brains coming as well. Uh, that, I think, for that, the, the, the country has a very good offer, I, I think. And, um, of course, brains are most welcome. Uh, we, 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 the sun we have, so uh, sun and brains is better than, um, than sun <laughs> and, I like that um, analogy. and viruses. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, as you know, it, it, uh, it is apparently true that... Um, the heat will bring the virus down um, and um, well um, the, the 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 english word for uh, being um, uh, with a cold is not being with a hot so uh, a hotter country will um, you know, will allow you to live in a more healthy way in more ways than one and i think that's actually a strong asset of uh, portugal i sometimes think a little bit of uh, of portugal as the uh, california of Europe, uh, certainly by location, very far west and slightly south. Um, that's that's a very good analogy. Yes, <laughs> yeah. we are, uh, of course, the most western part of Europe. That's um, uh, that's okay, uh, and um, uh, and uh, it's. Um, I think, they, and we surpass California at least in the fact that the the, the country has the, the 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 oldest stable borders in Europe, and will turn 900 years old um, in um, uh, in uh, one and a half decade. So um, uh, that's even better than California. So um, the, the thing we 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 unfortunately have is this um, a socialist way of life. But um, it um, it um, if you are not uh, uh, under a pandemic uh, outbreak, that doesn't show too much, I think. So I want this podcast to be focused or at least biased uh, towards action. So I'm curious about um, how you then decided running your own investment fund. So you mentioned at the beginning that you used to work for uh, banks in Lisbon. How did you then, um, what made you decide and take the step from working at a bank 
to um, um, creating your own investment fund? When I when I, I I have the the the, the notion that uh, I should uh, at some moment uh, uh, in my twenties um, uh, get a job so that I could um, get experience managing. Uh, some uh, capital of some amount, which I didn't have uh, at all. Neither did I have or felt the capacity to fundraise individually. Um, so I, I did work um, uh, 10 years for um, local banks uh, and um, uh, and uh, I did I did get a lot of experience. Uh, and um, I did also, uh, I think, acquire some capacity of uh, having the possibility of going independent, that is uh, being sufficiently known, having a bit of reputation that would allow me to fundraise. Uh, this takes time. And uh, I've, uh, uh, in my mid thirties, I was relatively uh, convinced that um, I was um, uh, I, I was sufficiently able to try. Uh, the risk existed. Uh, what I did then was to up a bit uh, my, let's say, um, revealed ambition in the bank uh, to see if I uh, could um, uh, get, um, let's say, more responsibility in my current job uh, or leave. That is a bit of an up or out strategy. Um, I, I had a... Uh, uh, there was a moment in which um, uh, I apparently was going up, uh, but then uh, these things are slightly competitive and I decided that out would be better because up wasn't going as fast as um, uh, as uh, would make me change my mind. Uh, so that was a bit it, trying to get um, confidence that... Uh, um, uh, going uh, uh, on my own was not a reckless move because uh, that I don't see as bravery, I just see as reckless. So when I thought I was, uh, let's say, ready, I, I tried to uh, move and left the bank um, and um, and um, bought uh, at the time with um, a few co-investors. We bought um, a license because um, in Portugal, like in most markets, uh, fund management is a regulated activity. So we bought a license from a local um, uh, real estate group that um, uh, was um, not uh, was in trouble and that they had already uh, ceased activity as a fund manager. Uh, so that that was it. So basically, um, I I tried my move when I thought I had um, a decent chance of success. Yeah. So you said two points: reputation and experience. Um, those were kind of like the key components that made you um, have the opportunity to 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 take that step. Um, and then, I, was there a specific moment that made you? decide um, uh, to open that fund, to start that fund? Or was that just a process over years? No, it was a process, yes. Although there is always a trigger that makes uh, the process come to life. Uh, the, in my case, it, it, it was um, um, a bit of, um, uh, of an accident. Um, uh, a colleague uh, uh, changed firms. Uh, he, he was uh, he was in brokerage, and he, he was um, he, he was hired by a, a big international firm to to open a Lisbon office. He accepted and moved. He didn't have clients in fund management. And uh, so he had this um, um, uh, rather simple idea that um, he, he might try to persuade me to um, leave the bank and start a fund manager and I would become his client. Uh, that it, it, so so it, the moment was that uh, and it was over lunch. Uh, he, he bought me lunch and told me, look, are you happy in the bank? Now, you know, uh, as you know, it's uh, not particularly and um, I will be thinking of um, trying something by myself one of these days. He did ask, why not now? Uh, we might uh, we might take the chance and uh, uh, build two businesses together. And uh, that that was it. So that, that was the trigger, although the process is more important than the trigger. But there was a trigger, yes, as I think, at least with um, a person that decides like I do. Triggers do help because you are in a process that is uh, gradually taking you somewhere, but then something um, it makes you go faster. 
uh, in this case it was this um, this let's say challenge uh, or from from this um, this colleague that uh, even took capital in um, in my investment so he was for some time a partner in, in the fund manager um, not any not any longer he has other goals in his in his career but he did have a goal here yes yeah, which was and, and he even paid for lunch which was good so did you have the feeling that you could do it better than the bank was doing it at least for that certain part in the real estate industry or how did you see the opportunity there that that, that i was absolutely convinced because i had run a, a fund for the bank for some time uh, um, uh, portugal is not a sophisticated financial market so uh, the um, uh, in fund management the the large players offer all more or less the same thing um, I, I i was um, uh, in the in the board of the bank's fund manager and uh, actually uh, in um, uh, since I moved bank in, in banks in various boards, and um, uh, uh, my firm is uh, uh, better uh, that I, I was convinced I could do better because I would do different things. Uh, that's I could try to work with international investors, which the local big banks don't like much. Uh, I could try to do um, different funds, alternative funds different structures, more risky structures, because um, it's in the in fund management in banking here in Portugal, what you can do when I was working for banks and now is plain vanilla. Uh, um, an independent firm can do at risk, of course, but can do different things. That I was absolutely convinced I could do better and I could have done better within the bank if I had had um, liberty of action, uh, which was what I was uh, looking for. Uh, trying to do uh, what I knew I could do. Uh, what I didn't know is if I could have, um, let's say, um, a sufficiently loyal investor following that would give me the means to do it, but that I could do it and um, and uh, recruit a small team to do it with me, that I was convinced. Probably a bit vain, but uh, I was really convinced. I had, um, uh, well, no, no doubt about it. What I had doubts was if I could um, uh, get enough capital, because without capital, you you can't really you can't really set up um, uh, investment vehicles. And capital, I did not have. I had enough from my savings to buy the license, uh, but um, I initially I had no uh, equity of mine invested in the fund. I just worked for the investors, um, and I was um, I had equity in. The management company, but uh, but only that. Uh, so so that's um, because um, uh, it's uh, it's it it was clear that um, uh, at least theoretically, other types of vehicles uh, could have a place in the market, and it was also clear for me that the bigger fund managers will not offer them, and I, it was obvious for me because I had been on the board, I had proposed to set up funds like the ones I eventually came to to put in place and uh, all those projects have been refused because frankly speaking what the the banks wanted were relatively simple funds to be bought in the branches by relatively unsophisticated clients that that was basically it and um and it it uh, it's not very enticing uh, that if you are in your mid 30s and you you look at the possibility of uh, working 30 more years doing basically the same thing and then growing uh, bolder fatter and retire it's not but not exactly my my piece of cake yeah so th that that's actually a good uh, um um end to my next question um so you 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 used to work in research in equity research for that bank right for people who don't know uh, what this is can you can you briefly describe what you did for that bank Sure. I worked basically in two positions, one as a real estate fund manager and also as the head of equity research for the bank I worked for at the time. It's actually a very fulfilling job because what a bank, at least in Portugal, expects of you is that first you are able to hire a team of analysts. For that, you need to have a bit of, let's 
a, a bit of reputation uh, and a bit of uh, influence and some um, and some money that the bank provides. Uh, for that, the fact that I was a professor helped, and uh, so I, I was able to do that. So what I what I did was when I when I was asked to set up an equity research team, I recruited a few analysts. What did, did they do? They followed listed um, listed stocks in Portugal. Uh, we at the time we had a network of um, corresponding banks that um, uh, made our our uh, coverage of listed stocks European, but we took care of the Portuguese uh, of the Portuguese um, uh, uh, shares. Uh, and uh, we what we, what we did uh, was um, uh, uh, following the um, uh, the investment uh, policies and the, the management of the companies and issuing. Uh, recommendations to our clients, recommendations to either buy, uh, sell, uh, or hold on to them, to them, to the shares. That was, um, uh, let's say, it's, um, it's, um, it's. I, I can't say that I adored the, the job, uh, but as I say, it was because it's not very active. It's a, a research. Uh, it's a research position, but it's a research that um, triggers action, action from investors uh, to rebalance their portfolios, follow this investment idea, drop that other one, see a new angle. And that since I was um, I was uh, the head of the team, one, I worked with uh, bright people, and uh, basically I, I did that, a bit of a coaching uh, a job that was um, uh, um, develop a bit this idea, drop this one. Uh, Write this some other way. So it was. It was. Um, it, it, it's. It's a nice job to have, actually. Uh, although uh, a bit passive, but uh, for some time, um, it's. It's. It's good. It, it's. It's um, intellectually rewarding. And then, of course, we we published our reports, saw the reaction of investors, if um, ideas were followed or not. It, it's. It's interesting if you. Uh, if if you launch um, an investment idea that gets some following, you not that you have market power, but it's interesting. And um, at the time, uh, the Portuguese economy was growing, uh, and so a few of my analysts um, got hired by other firms. Um, so you had a bit of competition. That was uh, that was interesting. It was a it was a, a not a bad moment um, at all. Actually, I I when I left the bank, that was the position I had. Yeah, and. So you 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 studied economics and then worked in equity research. That sounds to me very technical. How did you learn to sell? Because as uh, as you described, working as a fund manager um, and now also uh, having your own fund, you need to raise capital. So basically, you need to sell yourself and also your 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 strategy, your idea. Um, do, do you think you have an advantage over there, like have, being able to combine those two things? Did you have to learn it? Well, uh, um, that, 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 that's, a, that's a very good point. Uh, uh, it, when you work in equity research, you sell ideas, but you are not selling, uh, let's say, something in which you have skin in the game. Uh, uh, although um, I, I personally always uh, thought that analysts could be invested uh, in, the, in, the, in the shares they follow, some believe otherwise, but it's all always a small investment. So it's never something where you have a lot of skin in the game. Now, if you, if you set up a fund, Uh, you have a lot of skin in the game because basically all of your savings are stuck in the fund manager. And if you can't sell the, the investment cases uh, that you uh, are uh, promoting, uh, then you get no capital. If you get no capital, you don't get paid. So you go bankrupt, which is um, very different from uh, recommending that the client buys or sells a share. Um, at the time that we bought the fund manager, um, I had um, I did it with, uh, with partners as I said, and um, uh, the partners that um, I, I came to work with were more, let's say, in the in the in the selling business. Uh, so my my role was to structure the investment ideas. Was the the more technical role, which fits my academic um, uh, activity better. Uh, the um, uh, the point is that uh, for various reasons, uh, my partners uh, sold one after the other, and um, I was. Um, let's say, uh, 
are highly incentivized to take up the the, the front office role as well. Uh, and again, it was a question of survival. I either did it or not. Now, I, I had some experience in investment cases because of my equity research background. I did, yes. And, um, and so it's something that I learned on the job. And um, um, one or two bad nights, actually, because um, you you feel you feel that um, um, the, that uh, you risk a lot. Uh, but well, uh, the, the the thing is, um, you only need to get one or two investment cases through. That that's the good thing of a small uh, market like Portugal. If you get one or two investment cases through, you will um, you, you will not fail. You might not be very successful, but it's good enough to to go on. Uh, but you do need to get one or two through, and um, so this is um, this is a difficult hurdle. And uh, it's um, uh, well, you need to you need you need to try harder uh, if um, uh, if if you are pressured to to succeed. So that's basically it that I'm, I I learned by doing. Most of the time, um, people also advise that it is easier to go from a technical role to a more selling role rather than the other way around. I totally go agree. Yeah. I totally agree because um, the the the, the um, uh, I have I, I have been teaching for various years and um, it's I think fair to say that academics um, have uh, um, uh, a tendency to despise uh, the, the the selling side uh, because they they really don't need it's uh, universities are very kind they find uh, students for us and um, we just go into the classroom well not now because we teach remote but we used to go into the classroom and the students were there so you don't uh, you don't really need to you don't really need to sell uh, but um it, it's a move that you can and should do i, I have I have tried, and I think uh, I'm speaking um, uh, about myself, which is uh, not very easy, but I think that that's a bit my unique selling proposition in the Portuguese market. I think I am seen as the, um, the fund manager with the um, stronger uh, technical background since um, since I have a PhD in finance and I teach and all that. I'm now mid-50s, a, a good part of the community uh, were, were, was in my classes. Um, a few years ago, um, and um, so there, there, you you can try to set up uh, your own uh, way of uh, presenting cases um, uh, if you choose to back your investment cases more on theoretical terms, which is certainly what I did. I thought it was my strong point, and then I have no no let's say ethical problem with selling. Um, one needs to sell. Uh, one always sells something um, himself his products, his trade. So that for me was clear from the start. So it's, it, I don't, I never saw going into a selling role as a being demoted, not at all. I, but I tried to do it using my technical background. And my competition is, let's say, I wouldn't say weaker, but is less qualified than me. Um, so um, I'm, I'm sometimes referred to in the market as the professor. Nothing else. Uh, it's um, uh, so th that was the, the the unique selling proposition I tried to focus on, and I think it worked relatively well. Um, on on top of all that, um, I think it helps the investment cases because if you uh, if you believe what you teach, it should be helpful. No, it's not. It's not uh, not wrong. In the market, um, uh, I, I did notice that when I when I worked for the banks, the fact that I uh, had a university position was um, not always an asset. A few of my bosses thought that I'm, I, I was um, uh, probably too full of myself because I, I had this um, this um, university position. So th that's not an asset uh, in the um, in the bank's fund managers. In a small fund manager like mine, it can be an asset, and I think uh, it has been an asset. Yeah, something that I liked about your classes as I went to uh, to the university where you teach is that your lessons were entertaining and at the same time filled with technical knowledge. Oftentimes you have either, um, and in your case, that really was interesting for me. And that's why I think um, I also then picked you as my mentor for my master's thesis. Um, that's very good to hear, Tom. Uh, and I, I do think that that's the way to do it. Because uh, uh, it's not because you try to be entertaining that your technical level is bad. You don't need to be stuffy. And um, and um, entertaining uh, classes are, are, I think, better than boring classes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Absolutely.
So investment deal, that's uh, I'm really interested in that. Can you tell me about an investment deal or two um, um, that you've done and maybe walk me through the steps um, of how you did them? Sure. Let, let, let's try to. We'll, we'll do one more international, one more domestic. Uh, one of my important clients here was a, a, a British-based fund manager that had um, a real interest in Portugal. They, uh, they, they basically bought retail assets and uh, they had this investment idea, not mine, theirs, which I helped them execute here in Portugal, that, um, they, that the Portuguese retail assets were a bit of overpriced in their view and that they should move to uh, invest in provincial retail assets where prices and yields uh, would be more interesting. They did so, but then uh, the, 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 the subprime sovereign debt crisis hit and um, they, they they wanted out. Uh, we, it was, it's very difficult to sell illiquid assets uh, such as real estate assets in an illiquid market like the Portuguese market. So around, um, not around exactly in 2012, I offered them to buy Uh, the, their old port, uh, their portfolio. And they would, of course, um, in, in this offer, finance me, uh, but I would take all the risk, and um, uh, and they refused. They refused, and uh, their choice was to sell piece by piece. I told them that I didn't think that that was that good, because we would be able to sell uh, asset by asset the best assets, but they would be left with the residual part of the portfolio, and uh, those would be basically uh, impossible to sell at least at a decent price well we did follow the the client's um, uh, the client's preference of course uh, which is uh, due um, and um, four years later i offered them again to buy the residual assets uh, the um, uh, they they were of the idea that um, those assets were worth borderline zero um, i offered them um, uh, an interesting um, uh, number if you think that they're worth borderline zero because it was a positive uh, number and i took um, a relatively huge amount of debt with the assets and um, uh, at the time they told me not um, they didn't ask me if i was mad but we we were doing this third quarter uh, 2016 and um, uh, uh, the, the chap I, i i spoke more with regarding this portfolio told me look but you 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 are conscious that um Uh, in March 2017, that is roughly six months uh, later, uh, one of these assets will shut down. Uh, you have a view that this would happen. So, uh, I'm not conscious. I even disagree. Um, that asset, uh, three years later, uh, was before the, the corona crisis, um, uh, um, almost 100% let. And um, all uh, interest uh, and capital has been paid to the to the lending bank, so it turned out to be a very good deal. And um, uh, frankly speaking, I, I think they had a misperception of the quality of the assets, which is interesting because um, I wouldn't have advised them to go into provincial real estate in Portugal. But the point was they were too global to manage those assets. Um, I'm of I, of course, am not because I am Lisbon-based. This is um, the country I, I was born in and uh, have worked all my career. Uh, but uh, uh, my team is better alone managing these assets than with them. And, uh, and that has been shown. Uh, so it turned out to be a really good deal. And um, this, the, it's, uh, it's uh, the most important asset in my portfolio now because now I do have equity in the fund. So it's, um, it, uh, I, th I think it's a good deal. And the, the basis for the success of this deal is that um, uh, my appraisal of the risk was better uh, because I am closer to the risk. And uh, of course, the tenants are Portuguese, and of course, I speak Portuguese and all that. So, so it's um, these are local assets. They're better managed by a fund manager like us alone, since we were managing managing the assets on behalf of this um, important uh, European investor. They were incidentally acquired by a German firm, firm, um, and um, so they're, they're now out of business in their original trade name but they they, they go on there and there it's uh, it's a shame that they didn't do that well with uh, this uh, strategy in portugal but um let's say uh, personally speaking i can't complain so that this was a, i think an interesting asset another one that uh, i think is sorry also what, yeah what, one one question regarding this Please. um is there was there a way to hedge yourself for failure in that in that 
um, scenario. So you had to the courage to take an opposite view of the person you bought the asset from. That is already um, quite significant. And then you um, probably want to make sure that if you if your bet goes wrong, you kind of have a hedge. How, was there something like that, or how did that work? No, the only edge was um, the, the the stance of the manager. So, so that the equity I put down in the deal was unedged. So, if I failed, I would lose that. It was an important part of my equity at the time. Uh, how much percentage? Eighty percent, something like that. Uh, so, it it was it wasn't much in a, in absolute value terms, but it was a, an important bet. Uh, the, the edge I use, and um, uh, I, uh, I will go slightly in detail because um, uh, I think you uh, this will help understand. Uh, the, the 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 portfolio was, let's say the worst part of my client's original portfolio. Otherwise, we would have been able to sell it. And we sold some assets to important investors. These ones, they're difficult to price. They're in um, remote places in Portugal. So international investors won't touch them. Uh, it's not because they're good or bad. It's because they can't appraise. So if they can't appraise, how can they price? It's it's, it's not, not feasible. And um, uh, the, we, we bought the, the portfolio uh, with uh, bank debt, the from the original lending bank when when my clients acquire the bank was also uh, uh, very disappointed uh, but uh, we did tell them look uh, we will service the debt um, it just um, give us a bit of time but we will service the debt which we did and i, I also um, and that was the key the, the bank we handled relatively well but uh, the hedge was uh, with um, the clients of the, that is the tenants of the assets uh, I, I also acquired a lot of um, of uh, arrears and all that. Uh, what what we did was to be tough uh, with our uh, with our uh, tenants, uh, uh, my compatriots, um, and um, basically uh, the uh, the the foreign managers didn't speak to them. They just complained that they were in arrears. We spoke to them at length, and um, I, I I took the edge um, uh, to edge myself to be personally rather tough with them. We have one important tenant here, uh, an electronics firm, and um, uh, we, we had a decisive meeting that I attended with um, our head of asset management. Very nice guy, very competent person. And uh, of course, he handled the relation. And um, uh, um, the, 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 the owner of the, of the tenant was here with his finance di the director. Two comments, uh, it was a tough meeting. Two comments in the end of the meeting. My client's um, finance director, a lady, told me, oh, sir, very, very, very glad to meet you. I will never come to this office again. <laughs> really? <laughs> Why is that so? <laughs> I don't want to have another meeting like this. She never came to this office again. My head of asset management, as I say, worked with me for several years. Very nice guy told me, look, Rui, you were really tough with him. And I did reply, look, Tiago, it's his name. Uh, do you want to uh, to uh, be in breach of the debt service? I know, neither do I. Uh, but uh, we did restructure his debt. Um, he, he did open more, one more shop in my assets. And um, we're both happy. Yeah, but so, so um, you 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 need to be realistic, and um, you can't exactly avoid uh, discussions, even if they're not good. So the only hedge I have was that I knew that this was not being done. Uh, so uh, so I tried, but it was a bit of um, of, uh, of uh, let's say a risky move. Uh, that uh, but I was convinced that we would do it. Uh, and and we did, uh, and it's it's uh, it's it's a very good turnaround of a, of, a, of a substandard portfolio, uh, but uh, it's 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 a good deal. So you used local knowledge um, completely for this hedge. Interesting. Completely. An another interesting moment was uh, with a big supermarket chain. They um, they, they had um, they had uh, warned us that they would be closing down their shop. Uh, that was why uh, my predecessor running these things thought that that asset would shut down in six months because he knew that um, these guys were were closing the hypermarket. Um, what I did was simple. The, these people are from Porto in the north of Portugal. I drove there with my head of asset 
management, um, met with um, with uh, the director, told them, look, uh, how are you? How so nice of you to come. What can I do for you? Very simple. I know that you very seldom sell um, sell a, a shut down a store. Very seldom that I know. I, I know you for years, and um, since now I bought this, it's uh, it doesn't make um, it's impossible in my mind that you would uh, shut down a store in this asset owned by me. So um, uh, I came here with my head of asset management. He is fully empowered to agree whatever you want to keep the, the store open, whatever you want. The only thing I'm asking is that you don't shut down. Um, he did buy me lunch. The, the Portuguese business is done over lunch usually. That's why this coronavirus thing is bad for business. You can't have lunch. Uh, but um, And he didn't shut down the store. Although uh, the, that meant uh, a huge sacrifice in rents. But you, you need to do what you need to do if you have a goal. Um, and I did think that the assets were being uh, less than optimally managed. Let's put it this way to be as elegant as possible. So that I knew. I knew because um, I was um, uh, I was assisting them in their Portuguese investments. Uh, so it was um, that I, I was persuaded that I could change the asset management, asset management strategy. And I could start doing that uh, day zero. So it was relatively, uh, relatively, uh, rel relatively uh, doable. So, but in a nutshell, it's uh, it was done being uh, tougher and more local, and it worked. It's uh, it, it's not a, a universal recipe, but for this, it worked. The other deal I, I, I think could be interesting is a smaller domestic deal uh, because um, uh, uh, being a local firm and a relatively small firm, you get offered a few deals that are low, uh, small. That is, um, uh, the international investors won't look at them. Uh, so What, I, I what got... numbers are we talking about when you say small? Things like um, uh, something... Uh, below 5 million euros. Uh, th that That is below the scale. Uh, it doesn't pay the analysts of an international investor. So um, the local firms get offered that. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't even say first. They get offered that and uh, the others uh, did not. And so I did 5 million in investment value. Yes, 5 million investment value. If you take, let's say, 75% debt, so you, you're speaking of... Uh, one one and a quarter equities things like that 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 is something that a firm like mine will look at with interest uh, a bigger uh, fund even a bigger portuguese fund will not so so we do get um, we do get a bit of deal flow around that size um so i um uh, and um uh, we did get an offer uh, of um, an asset that, that was um, that was um, a development asset near lisbon promising asset but um it was in my view too expensive so I, I dropped it and um, and didn't pursue it um this was uh, uh, this was uh, financed sometimes this happens here in portugal you get deals that shouldn't uh, carry uh, mortgage debt and that get in trouble because they do this one shouldn't uh, in my let's say technical view but it it did have a bit of mortgage debt on it and then the bank foreclosed uh, then it was uh, it was offered to me again uh, after the bank had foreclosed Uh, the price had dropped, and I, I looked at it and said, "Well, it's um, this is um, interesting, but it's still too expensive." And then my my CFO that uh, had a different view uh, and uh, he, he wanted to take a shot at um, at the investment told me, "But but but uh, but Rui, why do you think this is too expensive? I think it's fairly priced." I said, "Look." Um, I, I will agree, it is fairly priced. Uh, I mean, too expensive because um, the equity we need to put down for this is weights too much in our balance sheet. That's why it's too expensive. Let's call it opportunity cost. Then he told me something interesting. He, he is uh, mid 30s, a bright guy. He told me, look, but um, if I get the, the selling bank to finance us, will you do it? They say, look, come on, they, they just foreclosed on this. They will never finance us. But if you get them to finance us, I will do it. And um, and he did get it, and uh, we did it. We sold in January, and um, uh, we sold uh, with uh, 40% capital gain, the asset value, uh, taking into account that equity was, um, was uh, uh, not much. Uh, it was really a good deal. And it was a deal that I think I did because I turned it down twice. 
so how did he get the financing uh, even though the bank uh, foreclosed the the deal well um one he is a good negotiator and uh, two um, he, he he doesn't mind uh, he, he doesn't mind uh, hearing a no so he, he has uh, he has a good attitude in this um, and um and he is young enough to do that uh, it would be more difficult for me so he was uh, he basically boldly told them that um, we would buy it with um i think 80% loan to value or something like that it then you don't know everything of course it happens that it was this was this was a small uh, again a small provincial bank it was the biggest non performing loan in their books and apparently they wanted to um, uh, clean the books uh, and were relatively happy with the offer Uh, uh, so they took it and we, we repaid in full when we sold the asset uh, this January we repaid the, the loan in full so this this was good and um, I think this uh, this one turned out well because um, I, I wasn't too hasty it was interesting but it wasn't that good so if you if you I was picky and it turned out well so I was glad I was picky how long does it usually take from a deal idea to um, signing the contracts Well, uh, 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 if it's something that uh, uh, is within our firepower, um, I like to do it fast. In three months, it's done. Uh, if it's something that we need to fundraise, we can take um, uh, one and a half year, two years. Uh, for instance, the, uh, when we when we bought the fund manager, uh, it took me 23 months to get the initial uh, capital in. So it does take a bit of time, uh, some time. How do you identify good deals? Well, the the uh, the, the the market is not that that large, uh, so um, you 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 can be a bit passive. That is, if you if you if you are in the market, uh, some deals will be offered to you, uh, and the market knows. That is, um, I I sometimes complain that I don't get a shot at uh, at. Uh, better deals uh, but that's because um, they're offered to um, companies that have more firepower that is um, and we do get offered deals that we can do it it, it happens and then, then uh, sometimes uh, this this i would call the bottom up deals that is uh, you have you come every day to the office your door is open people come to you with possibilities the banks uh, want to sometimes offload some um, some deals the brokers also do one or two competitors uh, sometimes ask if you want this asset or not and then you have the top down deals the top down deals is um, uh, your view of the market and um, an investment strategy that comes from your view and that you will knock on somebody's door to uh, ask if they would uh, uh, be willing to do this or that because you think it's um, it's an opportunity for instance in january this year uh, the, the a law here was passed and um, and the local funds cannot uh, uh, last for more than 20 years the maximum maturity is now capped at 20 years uh, we we have been approaching the fund managers that have um, funds that are close to reaching the 20 years to see if they would like to um, hand over the mandates to us uh, and we will handle the liquidations which is something we uh, don't mind doing and that most of my larger competitors dislike because uh, um, uh, winding up uh, portfolios is um, is something that is not very comfortable you you have you have a tight schedule you need to work so but that would be what i would call a top down uh, approach uh, but um, a lot of deals come to you yeah interesting um, so looking back at kind of yeah like your uh, experiences um, as a fund manager and working in the bank and also teaching um, finance, what do you wish you would have known um, as you started out, for example, with your fund? The, the, that I, uh, the, that I, it, it's it's relatively easy to answer. What I what I misread was um, uh, was my importance. Uh, that um, I have a, a decent job in both banks I, I worked for, and um, so it was relatively easy to schedule meetings, uh, get phone calls answered, and all that. What I uh, what I failed to understand, I understood them uh, in practice, which is uh, tougher, is that uh, moving 
from the bank into my own firm, uh, uh, phone calls would would stop being returned at least quickly. Uh, I would be refused meetings, and that um, people uh, with whom I had very cordial um, uh, relationships of the business nature, but very cordial, uh, would um, ignore me completely. Um, and in my business plan, this was not factored in. Uh, as I, I mentioned um, in the beginning, um, uh, I thought I was um, I had sufficient reputation to go on my own. Uh, the fact that you leave uh, in a country like Portugal, in a in a society of incumbents, the fact that you leave a position seen as important brings you down the food chain. Uh, that I understood after I left, and um, it, it made my life difficult. Uh, so um, if I had known, if uh, if somebody had told me, told me this, I wouldn't have doubted, to be honest. Uh, but it's something that um, uh, that made my life really difficult in the early days of my firm. Uh, the fact that I was downgraded by the others. Um, uh, they, they would say hello in, in the, uh, if, if we met, that they would. But answer the phone calls, not exactly. Because I didn't matter for them anymore. I was not a director with the bank anymore. I, I had this um, this venture that, in their view, would fail. So how so, did you make them answer your phone call then? Well, most of them actually didn't. Um, the, the, it's 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 relatively funny because um, uh, after I got a lot of fund returned phone calls, I had this um, this um, investor that came to be an investor that was an unlikely um, an unlikely uh, prospect for me. I have uh, approached them in the uh, uh, in the bank. They wanted to um, to set up a fund. They had assets and all that, and um, I, I did handle that on behalf of the bank. And I think I. I would have structured a vehicle for them, but they were painfully slow. They're, they're a non-profit organization, a charity here important here in Portugal that uh, is now more than 500 years old. So they were very slow. And my boss at the bank told me, look, you, you can't really spend all that time with these guys. Um, uh, and I couldn't because the bank was paying me and I have other things to do, so I dropped them. I, I pursued the, 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 the possibility again. And now since I was working for myself, I had time. Um, so um, um, those were the ones that um, paid down my initial capital uh, to be invested. Um, and 50 million euros, which wasn't um, uh, uh, that, that small an amount. Uh, so it's um, it was a, an unlikely prospect that um, uh, made me start uh, operating. And once you start operating, then you get more phone calls um, that are actually returned because um, uh, you're not a prospect anymore. You have uh, started operations. And then uh, uh, if you if you if you look um, um, if you look back, say four or five years uh, later, um, everybody returned my phone calls again. Uh, but um, but initially it was one a surprise for me. I wasn't prepared for that, uh, and um, a, a real difficulty because if uh, if you can't speak to anybody, it's very difficult to fundraise. Uh, it's uh, so so that was um, that was uh, my biggest mistake. That's crazy. Uh, I would say for I don't know nowadays on my generation it's the opposite. When you start something yourself, it's like that's great um uh, you're doing this all by yourself and you're taking the risk and um uh, this is such a challenge uh, you're actually stepping up a little bit i feel like um but but uh, but uh, 20 years ago it was not the case that's interesting no but it's not only that the the problem and i failed to understand that i was younger the problem is the people you approach are people that you were uh, let's say uh, in the same position, uh, that is, uh, they work for other banks. And um, if you move to become a capitalist, although a capitalist with very little capital, um, it's uh, we're in Portugal, of course, uh, that doesn't help you. Uh, most of those people think that, uh, who does this guy think he is? Why did he leave this position? If it's not good for him, is it good for me? Why will I uh, return his calls? I only understood that when I had left, and, and as I said, I'm not. I'm not thinking that, that somebody should have forewarned me. Of course not, uh, but um, it's something that I might have doubted if I had been told that uh, this will happen to you. But it did happen, the, and uh, of course, if you become older and if your firm 
progresses a bit, um, then it's not that important. And um, the, 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 the persons you engage with are also younger. So um, these days, um, uh, I think that most of these people I engage with um, uh, think that I'm in business for long because um, uh, they're not my age, they're younger. Um, so it, um, so you, you get, uh, let's say, accepted um, uh, by the market, the, to, to put it that way. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a society like Portugal, this does take a lot of time. And I had no idea that this was the case. Um, lack of experience, uh, certainly. Now looking back with the benefit of hindsight, it was rather obvious, but it wasn't uh, for me at the time. I think this is a really interesting answer for the listeners, certainly for me. So I think we come then now to the last question. Um, What drives you and making the world a better place is already taken? I can understand. Well, uh, this uh, uh, this this firm of mine is uh, is relatively small. Most of the people working here uh, are younger than me. When I hire, there's one thing I, I always say: uh, Look, um, we uh, do come to you. I have a, a job offer for you. I would like you to come and work here with us. Um, you need to to uh, to uh, take into consideration that here uh, we eat what we kill. Uh, that is something that I like to uh, make clear that um, uh, I did work for uh, important bankers when I was in banking. Uh, they had lots of capital, so you you uh, felt safe um, and in some cases proud working for them. It's not my case. We have um, a modest amount of capital, so we do eat what we kill. And le- let me use a line from a, a song I like, In For The Kill um, uh, by La Rue, uh, um, uh, a synth pop duo that I uh, that I like to hear when I drive to them into the office, and um, they have this um, hit single called "In for the Kill." It's more or less uh, ten years old, and uh, it goes more or less like this: um, I'm, I'm going in for the kill. I'm doing it for the thrill. I'm hoping you'll understand. So every day you have a bit of thrill waiting for you, and you do need to kill. That helps a lot. It's easy to be driven that way. Thank you very much, Rui. Um, for for taking your time um, to participate in this podcast. I really liked it. I hope other people will like it as well. It was a pleasure. It's, uh, it's, I have never done uh, something like this, but uh, it's, um, it's um, good uh, talking to you. It was always good during the preparation of the, of the, the project and all that in classes. So it's, um, it's, um, it's, uh, this takes it to another level to, with the mic and the, and the, the headphones and all that. It's, uh, it's, um, it's more professional. But it's basically, the, it was always a good experience. Uh, we, we, could, uh, we always found um, good teams for a chat. So um, and the podcast is really nice. I listened to your episodes um, in sequence. It's it's really nice. Uh, I had no idea that you had um, been uh, near to losing a leg. That was that was uh, impressive. But everything is fine. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is all right. I mean, I still. So I need to be. It, every, everything is all right. And and by that time, it it maybe it sounded a bit more dramatic. But it was the case. Like doctors stood around my leg, and they were like, "Hmm, this is not good. The leg is so warm." And he comes back to the hospital after three weeks being. Uh, having the operation and often it it could be nothing or it could be something serious when the bacteria during the operations get in the leg and that might then cause a really serious thing um the likelihood was still i don't know small like 10 percent or or something like that um but it was still there just just that thought like it's lying there with all those things in your leg uh, and just thinking well, this is weird. Um, um, this, this just, and this made click for me. And actually, having that injury was probably the best thing that happened to me um, so far. Because it really, after that, I moved to America. After that, I became much more active um, in like approaching just things in general. Um, before I was more passive, I was like taking opportunities to just came up. By, but after that, I realized, okay, well, I mean, it can go the other way quite quickly. So better use the time that you have, kind of. 
kind of measure. No, I think that was a, a very well delivered message in that episode, and um, and it's 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 really inspiring. I think the link with this Corona situation is important. Why will you waste say six months or something like that? You don't know if you have that many six months left. Uh, it's um, it's uh, it's okay. and um, and um, it it also linked with um, the part of my personal experience. Uh, the, um, my father died when I was three years old. He, he died in the in the African wars. He was a fighter pilot and um, and, and died while flying his plane. And um, so um, from a, um, a young age, I was. Um, uh, thought that um, uh, you really don't have your life in your hands, although, of course, my father's job was a risky one. Uh, but um, so all this um, all this uh, attitude that you can uh, waste time because you have plenty on your hands uh, always sounded a bit um, flawed to me. Uh, but it's uh, the, the way you put it with your um, uh, with with your situation, with your cruciate uh, ligament injury and all that is is interesting because the conclusion is um, more or less the same. Uh, you that makes you a bit impatient. Uh, uh, you you have lots of time on your hands or not. Or not? Uh, that is um, that is something that you don't control. Uh, if that is the case, why not make the best of them of today, next week, next month? For that, you need to have goals and, and you need to work. It's um, it's not. Um, you don't need another motivation. You just need to uh, believe in this that um, this uh, might be your last chance or something like that. Of course, it's not likely that it will be your last chance. But it can happen, and you have learned your statistics. So let's uh, do something um, worthy, or at least try. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take your first action and subscribe and share this podcast, or go to our website, business-consulting-services.com. You can also find it in the show notes below. Cheers, guys, and take action.